You're listening to the Four Bananas podcast. Sit back as we peel back on today's topic. Hello, listeners. Welcome back to the very first episode of season three. So today's topic Woo! is Asian MythBusters. <laughs> All right. So I'm so sick of my Asian relatives telling me so much bullshit. Tell me what to do. Claiming that it's good for your health. Claiming these things are good for your health. So we're gonna make <laughs> this episode to bust those myths. All right. In the form of Google research, you're gonna tell them that they're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and just a disclaimer listen to health professionals not us this is purely for entertainment purposes without further ado let's bust the first myth okay Alrighty then okay so first myth is rolling eggs on your bruise helps helps with easing the bruise and also there's another variation where rolling an egg on your bruise with a silver ring inside will also remove the toxins so what do you guys think? Yeah, I remember doing this as a kid. So just a bit about bit of uh, background context. I was in Malaysia, um, quite a humid country, quite a hot country. And I was out riding a bicycle with my cousin. And probably not knowing my limits and being in a warmer country. I actually was riding my bike up a hill and I just passed out. Next thing I know, I'm being carried uh, or I guess supported by my cousin back home and I was kind of in a bit of a daze but what I remember uh, with the weeks after was I had a huge bruise on my head, right? It was like, I don't know, probably like a third of a tennis ball size, something, something ridiculous or it felt ridiculous <laughs> to me. And then how my aunties treated it was for uh, a couple weeks after, the, once the bruise had kind of come to its maximum size was they boiled an egg right they put it inside of a handkerchief and every night before I fell asleep for an hour or so they'd uh, rub that egg on my head and that's kind of how I fell asleep for the next couple of weeks it was so comfortable and yeah it was overall quite a nice experience it eventually the bruise went away but yeah it's quite nice falling asleep with a warm egg on your head. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting that you say that, Tom, because like that just kind of reminds me, like, in terms of just having eggs uh, being rolled onto bruises. Usually, it's quite nice. It's just very warm. It feels like it, it helps it feel better. Yeah, like it, it kind of takes away the pain or the toxin, uh, as the myth says, right? Um, I've never actually had it with the silver ring inside, but um, usually. Usually it's just a warm egg that I roll over my bruises and it seems to help it, but I don't know if it actually speeds up the general recovery. I haven't actually noticed much difference. It just made it feel nicer and it, I, I, I kind of make it an equivalent to like an ice pack that I usually have over mm. any sort of um, injuries that I have. Yeah, to be honest, I haven't heard of the uh, ring variant. I don't... I'm pretty sure when my auntie was rolling the egg on my head, I don't think there was ever a ring involved, but yeah, I haven't heard of that that variant with the ring before. Yeah, for me, um, what happens is, so my mum would put a ring inside a boiled egg, and then she'll wrap the egg around the cloth, and then rub it on my bruise. And then afterwards, after all the rubbing for like half an hour, she would like take the ring out, 
And then at that point, it's like all black and stuff, right? And she's like, look at that. Like, the <laughs> ring has taken out all the toxins inside that bruise. How, look how effective it is. I'm like, oh, okay. Did, did, your, did your bruise actually feel mm. or look uh, less dark though? Felt the same. Like, yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. I guess it's not immediate, right? But oh, actually, quick question, guys. So, similar to Jeff, my my egg is also wrapped in a cloth or a handkerchief or whatever, right? But does your egg have an eggshell on it? Because mine did. Oh, my one didn't. My one was, was definitely soft. It was without the eggshell because ah. it meant that it could, like, be a lot more flexible and it kind of covered the the bruise area a lot more. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Same, same as mine, like, had to shell off in the cloth. So it was all squishy and stuff. So it felt yeah, good, yeah. I guess because <laughs> like, like I'm just imagining it's like similar to like ice ice packs, right? You want the ice pack to be you know somewhat flexible so it can cover the whole wound rather than a huge like ice block, right? So that that's kind of the reasoning why I would take the shell off, I guess. Really? Like the ice is hard though. No, no, no! Like the actual ice packs that you see, like it, it's kind of like liquid. In oh, you're talking about sense. that one. Like I'm thinking, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. No, because like you know, in in movies and TV shows and stuff, it's never an ice pack, right? It's like a hard bag of peas or something. Oh, and okay. that is that <laughs> shit ain't moving. <laughs> <laughs> okay, alrighty, <laughs> that makes sense. All right. So thanks for your stories, and now the reveal. So what is it, Dom? Is it a myth? Yeah. So, do you guys remember that TV show Mythbusters? It's like an early 2000s show. Uh, Adam Savage, Jamie Heineman. Yep, yeah, classic. if you guys don't, and if our listeners don't, uh-huh. it's it was a mad... It was a show about a bunch of dudes, um, scientists, I guess, quote-unquote, and they were like the mad lads of scientists trying to bust myths through science and trying to prove random stuff, but... They kind of had three statuses, uh, confirmed if the myth is uh, true, there's science behind it, plausible if you need a bit more potential for testing, and they had one which was like busted, it's basically just horseshit, none of it's true. Alright, thanks for your reminder. So what is it? Is it confirmed, busted, or plausible? Yeah, this one's pretty much confirmed. Well, wait, so so confirmed as in the myth is true or the myth is false? So... We, I guess we have to explain a bit of it, but basically, you can use uh, a boiled egg to help remove your bruise. Oh, okay. That, 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 that's surprising. Mm. I, thought, I thought it was some old wives' tale at the end of the day, <laughs> but okay. Explain. Yeah. So basically, there's a bit of science there, and I thought we'd start with basically uh, explaining what is a bruise. So basically, that blue or you know dark mark that you see after um, trauma is to the skin is basically a result of damaged blood cells uh, collecting near the surface. Mm-hmm. So how does that... That's good background info, but how does it confirm the myth? Basically, after you have that um, bruise... So the idea is you don't want to actually apply your egg immediately, right? The reason behind this is a boiled egg can cause additional uh, bleeding from the damaged blood cells that have uh, occurred from the trauma and actually causes more harm than good and basically what you want to do is uh, you want to take your ice pack that you mentioned earlier so that's basically to stop the damaged blood cells from bleeding further 
and then you know say 24 to 48 hours after that's when you actually apply your uh, boiled egg to help dissipate those um, damaged blood cells uh, okay so so you what, what you're saying is that the egg itself shouldn't be applied immediately so it works in a sense but only after a while is that what you're saying yeah exactly so basically that's why it's kind of it is the, the myth is confirmed because in a, in a sense like you do use the boiled egg but um thought we'd just add a bit of caveat that you only apply 24 to 48 hours after um the initial trauma and you use the ice pack like you did in school to um kind of stem the the blood flow that's pretty interesting oh, okay. so like the real remedy is like a mix of western and eastern medicine so like you know, <laughs> ice pack only after the immediate trauma and then you do the warm egg once like the bruise has fully formed yeah best of both worlds right so so what about the silver part well i reckon you know the mums just want another silver ring to add to the collection <laughs> <laughs> so it's busted yeah so this part is actually busted so um i think we mentioned that the silver ring comes out um i guess tainted after the application and the, there, there actually is science behind it so Boiling an egg, it causes uh, it causes hydrogen sulfide and sulfur to be released, and that's the that's the thing which oxidizes the silver, causing discoloration. So, unfortunately, it's not taking toxins out of out of your body; it's just taking <laughs> the, the oxidation oxidization of the silver, <laughs> causing that discoloration. Okay, yeah, it's just a closed system. Well, well, I guess that that would explain why your bruise didn't, like you know, discolor <laughs> or get any smaller after you rubbed it right yeah Jeff? no no we just needed more rings <laughs> yeah <laughs> the effect should be immediate just 10 more rings and then the bruise is just immediately rubbed off like a, yeah. like an eraser you just take an eraser <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly well guess our moms were right after all for this particular myth to a certain extent um yeah Myth two. Myth two is about eating yeet hay foods will cause pimples, bloodshot eyes, sore throat, and difficulty sleeping. So I think that this yeet hay one like would closely resonate with um, our Chinese folks because you know we we'll always have this heavy concept of yin and yang and balance and stuff, right? So this yeet hay is just like talking about too much heat in our body, and so for example. If we eat food like chips, fries, burgers, or spicy stuff, that's considered yep. eat hay, right? And when you when you eat too much of that, it, you, like your parents or relatives will always say, "Oh, you're gonna get a sore throat. You're gonna get more pimples or more more mouth sores." <laughs> and yeah, what do you guys think? I think I think it definitely does occur when I ate like fried chicken, hot chips. Or just even normal potato chips like i definitely felt that i got more pimples and i would have very dry mouth and a sore throat and those were kind of like mainly the sort of reactions i would get and sometimes even like bloodshot eyes if i yeah just eat too much of these overall fried food but the thing is it was interesting because once once i kind of drank some sort of herbal tea from that my mom like made then it would actually cause those symptoms to kind of disappear and i actually felt a lot better afterwards so i definitely feel like there's some sort of um 
evidence for Git Hey, but not sh- not fully sure at this point in time. Yeah, I share the same sentiment with you. Like, I don't know this one's weird since like, <laughs> my whole life and diet is so heavy, like has such a heavy emphasis on Git Hey. Like, if we eat chips before I even get a sore throat, my mum would give me some sort of herbal tea to drink, right? <laughs> so like, I-, I wouldn't even know if like. Do, do I even do you even get like sore throat from eating too much chips I don't know <laughs> but like I, I think it's true to an extent like we don't know the scientific cause but there has to be something right uh, throughout all of history that that makes this true somehow do you guys wait so when you guys speak of the herbal tea it's that is it that herbal tea that you get from the traditional old Chinese shops where they have, you go in, there's like an old man, Confucius looking, and then he's got like a <laughs> bunch of little wooden drawers, gets on a step ladder, and then has like, strokes that little beard, and then picks picks out certain herbs and puts them on a counter in front of you. Is, is that the herbal tea that I'm thinking of? Sometimes. Not always. Okay, so like, that old man is only when you actually get sick. Oh, Okay. Like not 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 for small, th- not for small things like just a, a, a sore throat, right? But actually, when you get sick and you got runny nose for days, and then you go to him, right? And then and then he listens to your heartbeat and then diagnoses you with something, and yeah, <laughs> gives you all those weird stuff, weird Chinese medicine from the cabinets. Yeah, I, I don't think my herbal tea was from those. It was more like from like packaged, uh, you know, herbal tea kind of packages at like asian grocery stores like you can buy it like it's like it's kind of like the soup mix but it's like a herbal tea mix but i would say i would say you can buy the exact equivalent from these sort of sort of stores that you're talking about is it bad tasting my one tasted sweet so my my one was fine oh okay (laughs) oh okay i don't think i ever got those i got like the more traditional ones i think because they were always quite bad tasting or perhaps at the time from like this is childhood memory right I remember them being quite disgusting and I have to like, I'd eat like a little plum lolly uh, along with it to make it better. Oh, dude, I tanked those. I'm so good at <laughs> drinking or eating bitter stuff now because I just, I just oh. tanked it. <laughs> I guess, no, I, I, I never could. I just, I always, I always needed a candy to go with it. But <laughs> I think personally, I've been quite, I've been quite lucky. So, with my parents, my dad, he grew up and he had a ton of pimples. But my mum never had any. So, I likely got that part. So, I could just eat as many chips as I wanted, eat as many yeet hay food as I wanted, and just like, no herbal tea required. I just drink like, I just yellow kit, just drink juice, just drink like, soft drink, and it, it, it'd be all good. <laughs> Dude, that's lucky. Actually, like, I had a lot of pimples when I was a kid. I don't even eat chips. I don't eat anything you hate and I got pimples, right? Oh, wow. But then my relative just blamed me for eating chips. I'm like, dude, I don't do any of that. Like, I'm drinking all the herbal tea. I'm eating all the watermelons. Like, I'm still getting pimples. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm just like on the couch looking at you, like trying to not draw attention to eating my packet of chips. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, like for, for me, it's just like, I just eat like one or two chips and then like several pimples just pop out. Like oh, no. easily, and I'm like, oh my gosh, it's just one chip. Like, how, how's that even work? <laughs> oh my gosh. But yeah, I guess different body types, right? <laughs> mm. Different body types, or is this just a myth, huh? What is it? Drum roll. 
So this one is actually plausible, uh, meaning it's not really proven or disproven uh, in terms of this general myth itself. Oh, but why? So it's interesting, right? Like usually in Chinese medicine, we kind of think of, we know the inputs will cause the corresponding output, right? And what actually happens underneath is kind of like a black box. And that's kind of, well, at least may maybe it's because we just don't know Chinese medicine enough, in all honesty. But that's what it sometimes feels like, uh, like in terms of yit hei, for example. But uh, at least within Western medicine, there's something called acidosis, which has symptoms that are very similar to yit hei, like headaches, you know, infections of throats, you know, cracks on the lips. It's actually very similar to yit hei. So that confirms it then, right? Yeah, like, not necessarily. Uh, it's kind of more plausible because there's no conclusive evidence that this acidosis sort of symptom is caused directly by yit hei. Right, uh, people usually explain yit hei as more of a change in the acidity levels within the body. And the thing is, like within our human blood, we're actually within a very narrow pH range of around 7.35 to 7.45. Uh, so we actually have a natural, we naturally we have more of an alkaline sort of blood. So we're very alkaline because what's neutral? Five. Uh, no, no, not necessarily, Jeff. <laughs> so, so for people that don't know, like acidity is usually measured in this overall pH levels, uh, with acidic levels below 7 being acidic and anything above 7 being basic or alkaline in, in, in the sense, right? Um, so in one sense, our blood is more alkaline because it's 7.4 usually or around there on average. Okay, alright. Uh, yeah, I knew that. <laughs> Dude, doesn't this remind you of like lab <laughs> Like back in uni, like I remember doing experiments similar to this. You have to kind of uh, measure things and show what where it is on the on the pH scale. Um, I guess it makes sense. Andrew always did carry us in class, so I, I see why he remembers. <laughs> yeah. So, so 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 the thing is like particular diets can change the pH level in your urine right but it doesn't actually cause any sustained changes in blood pH levels right because we naturally in our body we have this mechanism called acid-base homeostasis and that makes sure that our blood stays within that range of 7.35 and 7.45 so you can't really say that yin hey would just cause your body or in one sense your blood to become acidic right wait hold on if if you got homeostasis and that exists doesn't that doesn't that go against acidosis? Well, yeah, that, that, that's right. Like, that's a good point, right? Like, the thing, or the reason why acidosis occurs is because it's not a generally, it's not a generally healthy body, right? Acidosis mm. is caused by many factors and not just diets, right? And I guess that's the primary difference between yit hay and acidosis because yit hay is under the assumption that it's whatever you consume, like you know, fried foods, you know, chips all those sorts of uh you know like fried like like foods in general will just cause acidosis but that's not really the case right acidosis is caused by a large number of factors and not just diet alone yeah i i think like when you put it that way it makes it really hard to give a con conclusive answer answer to mm -hmm. this a eh? because like yeah, I think like Western medicine is just, you need to tick all the boxes to diagnose you with something, right? So like, 
acidosis like you said like you, you need to really have really severe symptoms for them to go yep you have acidosis <laughs> but then like chinese medicine is kind of different right like it, it, it's more like a slider and not 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 ticking any boxes so if you eat even one chip you lose that balance right and therefore mm-hmm. you are eat hay yeah i mean like yeah. i guess that's why this myth is more like plausible like there's not enough evidence to prove eat hay or like eating fried foods alone will immediately cause you know these sorts of symptoms to arise right but at the end of the day there are you know specific you know uh, specific diseases and symptoms that will cause things that you usually see within yid hay so i don't know like at, at the end of the day whether you believe it or not i think just eat more fruits <laughs> that would definitely help <laughs> with the overall symptoms that you have with yid hay yeah, just have a more balanced diet. I mean, even without Chinese medicine, yeah, hey, explaining to you, like, we all know you shouldn't just keep eating fried yeah. food. Like, imagine eating <laughs> KFC every day. <laughs> okay, myth three. So sleeping with wet hair gives you a headache when you wake up. Um, any stories from anyone here for this one? <laughs> I reckon this one's true. Like, whenever I sleep with, like, slightly wet hair, I definitely have, like, minor pulsating headaches the next day. And it's kind of really annoying. But it's really interesting because the, like, if I just let it dry naturally without sleeping, it <laughs> won't cause headaches. But if I sleep with wet hair, it will cause headaches. Like, even though, in one sense, it kind of dries naturally anyway while sleeping. So I don't, I don't really uh. know the reason behind it. But I feel like, at the end of the day, there is something behind this one. Yeah, well, I mean, kind of makes sense in in the regard that like, there's airflow if you let it dry naturally, right? Mm. Like the the pillow's not blocking any. Wait. Could be that. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I guess that's that's one plausible reason. Yeah, we we'll just make out <laughs> theories at the moment. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> well, like for me though, like. I don't know. I'm I'm never allowed to sleep right after the shower, <laughs> after the shower, or if I wet hair. Like my mom would be on my ass if I do that. Like so, <laughs> yeah. Never, never, never tried it. So I can't deny or confirm this from my own experiences. Um, but it sounds logical. Maybe you should try try it once. Yeah, Jeff. It- just just for the rebellious stage, you know, mm. just experiment <laughs> for the full bananas podcast. Just to, just for us to see. <laughs> do it for. Do it for Adam well, Savage. It's for science, yeah. <laughs> to me, it just—it never sounded, it never, it never sounded appealing. Like I don't see like why you'd want to do that. Also, I just imagine your mom, Jeff. Like, if you tried to do that, she'd just run in with like uh, a hair dryer and just like point at you like a gun and like get on the ground, face down, <laughs> and it's like starts like drying your hair. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much, but. Yeah, it just, it doesn't sound very comfortable. Like, you'd end up with a wet pillow, and then you'd have to change your pillow, your pillowcase. It feels all too weird for me, but I do know people have done it. Especially, I know a lot of girls do do it. Obviously, it makes sense to me in that case. Like, you know, their hair is longer, it takes longer to dry, they wrap it in a towel, they end up in bed, and then just fall asleep. But I guess for guys with shorter hair, yeah, it's just never, just like, just like, go outside run around and your hair's just dry like cool (laughs) nah i think i think at least for me whenever i sleep with Mm. wet hair it's not like like 
like fully wet as you as you expect, right? Yeah. It's more of I used my hairdryer, I blew it, right? And then it was probably not a hundred percent dry in one sense, like like fully, fully dry. Uh, it's just yeah. like there might be some little wet parts, like at the roots, maybe. And I'll be like, oh, okay, well it's seventy, eighty percent there, you know, eighty, twenty, twenty rule. You know, it's it's it's, it's nearly it's practically uh, yeah. done kind of thing. Good, <laughs> Good enough. enough. Um well, yeah. But yeah, even even something like that causes headaches for me, and it's a bit annoying. <laughs> well, what, what, what I say? how bad is it? And is is it when you wake up that you get? Yeah, it? it's it's practically the next day, and then mm. suddenly there would be like random moments within the day where suddenly there would be like a pulsating mm. kind of headache, like a, a throb. Like it, it doesn't last for too long, but it's just like suddenly it just hurts, and you're just like, wait, what? what what's happening mm. with my brain? Kind of thing. But that's oh, that's that's the overall. You know symptoms that I feel anyway whenever I sleep with wet hair. Okay, okay. So, yeah, let's find out whether it's true or not. The reveal. What is it, Dom? This one's actually plausible. Oh, okay. All right. T- let us on <laughs> the info. <laughs> yes, you knew it. So, from what we read, there basically is the potential to get a headache from sleeping with wet hair, but it's under kind of very specific circumstances so generally when you sleep right generally the air is cooler and your body is unable to keep your head warm because as you might know when you sleep your body naturally cools as well and it can lead to constriction of blood vessels in the neck uh, head and shoulders which ends up with a condition called selective brain cooling or SBC okay so so for this specific like condition that your body does called selective brain cooling what is it actually so basically, in a medical hypothesis we read, they mentioned selective brain cooling or SBC as a brain cooling mechanism which affects our sinuses. SBC is basically trying to protect the brain from hypothermia and cool venous blood from head, skin, and mucous brain membranes of nose. They drain, and that's kind of what provides brain cooling. And this effect to our sinuses is what gives us those sinus headaches. Okay, so if the room is warm and there's no wind, like perfect conditioned room, it's okay <laughs> to sleep with wet hair then? Uh, I think it depends kind of on each person's body as well. Just because it's a warm summer's day doesn't necessarily mean you won't get a headache if you sleep with wet hair. It will definitely be less likely, but there's still a chance depending on your body's natural state, maybe what you've been up to that day physically, or maybe even mentally. Just test it out, Jeff. Test it out yourself. <laughs> oh. oh man, dude. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. No, thank you. Yeah, it's still so dependent on so many factors. You know, like, yeah. But what do you mean oh. by mentally, though? Like, how does the mental like, state? I mean, mentally, as in how you're doing in general. Like, obviously, if you're in a good place mentally, you're probably getting enough sleep. You're eating well, etc. And that all adds to a better state of body and health but yeah right, okay yeah that makes sense but you know even without cold air and certain conditions like certain conditions to give you a headache just don't do it right don't sleep with wet hair it's not worth it um because you know when you sleep with wet hair on a pillow you end up with damp and warm conditions between your hair and the pillow that causes uh, bacteria to grow that will give you you know dandruff and your hair is actually more prone to breaking when wet 
So when your hair cools and dries, it's more brittle. So when you toss and turn, your hair is more likely to break. <laughs> Shit. Oh. So, you know, whilst it's plausible for a headache to occur under circumstances, it's not a good idea. Asian aunties do win this round. <laughs> I, I, I always do there was some truth to this one. Guess I'll just have to, like, actually dry my hair thoroughly from now on, <laughs> damn it. <laughs> I'll, yeah, I'll definitely yeah. get headaches at this rate. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to try that experiment. <laughs> so... Our three favorite myths were either confirmed or plausible. So, you know, it does sound like they did win. Like, all the lies they kept telling us to have healthy, healthier lifestyles weren't actually lies. There were superstitions based on truths. But that's all we got time for this episode. Let us know if you want us to look into any other Asian myths. So, yeah. Don't forget to subscribe to us on your preferred podcast streaming platform. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And join our Discord server. Links in the description. Until then, stay banana and thanks a bunch. Bye. <laughs>